0: St. Vendict, chapter the 35th, De Settinavidis name of the Weekly Servers in the Kitchen. Let the brethren wait on one another in turn, so that none be excused from the work of the kitchen, except he be prevented by sickness or by some more necessary employment. For thus is gained a greater reward and an increase of charity. But let assistance be given to the weak, that they may not do their work with sadness, and let all have help according to the number of the community and the situation of the place. If the community be large, let the seller be excused from work in the kitchen, and also those as already mentioned, who are occupied in more urgent business. Let the rest serve each other in turn, with all charity. Let him who ended his week in the kitchen make all things clean on Saturday, and wash the towels wherewith the brethren dry their hands and feet. Let both him who goeth out and him who is coming in, wash the feet of all. Let him hand over to the cellarer the vessels of his office clean and whole. And let the cellarer deliver the same to him who entereth, that he may know what he giveth and what he receiveth. thou, Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be Thank to God. God. Without any doubt, the kitchen service. In the monastery, demands much charity and patience. By the kitchen service, I mean the work of the refectory. I mean the work of the brothers who go to the wash up, I mean the work of the uh, servants at table. And by extension, of course we have employees in the kitchen as well. So the kitchen service is, even in the community, our size, a big operation. We now fluctuate uh, at any given meal between 13 and 18. Uh, it's, so, so that's significant. Uh, and that does involve um, much uh, planning, and cooperation and self-denial. I associate the service of the kitchen with St. Paul's words. St. Paul says, But I most gladly will spend and be spent myself for your souls. 2 Corinthians 12. I most gladly will spend and be spent myself your souls. Even if one is not directly responsible for the preparation of meals, cooking is, after all, an art that requires skill and a certain talent. The service in the refectory, the work at the refectorium, the up all of these things are so many opportunities to spend oneself and to be spent for one's brethren. We don't take current terms at cooking. I remember dear old Father Thomas, who died on May 13th last, at Ruchmel, telling me that when he entered, the abbot at the time said to him, you will go to the kitchen and prepare the meal. The young Brother Thomas said, I come with me, my son, and I'll show you. And the abbot threw a chunk of suet into a pot and said, all you do is add water and anything else you can find lying around the kitchen. (laughs) And he said, you do it at the beginning of the week and every day you add water. place. Um, He saw at each place a biscuit, and on the plate with the one biscuit, a tablespoon of molasses. So that was the dessert. And he threw up his hands and said, what is this? Two desserts? (laughs) Two desserts! He said, this is the beginning of decadence. And he instructed the refectory to go around and remove the biscuits. The was given a penance for leading the community down the slippery road of decadence. Uh, so you see how sensibilities change from place to place. That uh, would never have in an Italian monastery. Certainly not. So, we have in this chapter more evidence of St. Benedict's discretion and compassion. He allows that the sick be dispensed from this service as well as those who are burdened with pressing responsibilities in other sectors of the monastery. And he mentions the supper. However, it is not the brother who determines uh, whether or not his work is pressing. Uh, He goes to the Abbot and requests Dispensed from the washup, or from whatever other service uh, is normally shared by all. Uh, the, the guest master is always dispensed uh, from the kitchen service and the refectory service because he has to attend to guests both before and after the meal. But uh, anyone else needs to ask permission uh, to be dispensed. Um, Obviously, the servers and the reader eating at second table for the wash is a given. But one never assumes that one is dispensed. One asks, and if necessary, uh, the abbot can give a, a... It's a very beautiful uh, phrase. Invecillibus autem procurentur solatia. That's a lovely Latin word. Procurentur solatia ut non cum oc facciant. And then Saint Benedict has said, habeant omnes solatia secundum modum out aut, positionem voci. Let assistance be given, of course the Latin text says to the imbeciles. Uh, but we know that uh, the, that's the Latin word for uh, the weak, uh, for those who are frail. Let assistance be given to the weak that they may not do their work with sadness, and it's not really assistance consoling, comforting, help, assistance, succor, according to the number of the community and the situation of the place. The St. Benedict's great concern is that no brother be overwhelmed by sadness. He wants to banish sadness from the monastery. And sadness is often um, produced when um, a brother isolates himself. Um, The brother who isolates himself becomes sad, and the brother who's sad isolates himself. So it goes both ways. Sadness leads to isolation. Isolation leads to sadness. And at the root of this is a want of humility. The humble brother is not sad. The humble brother will always be joyful. Nor will he isolate himself. The proud man will always fall into sadness and isolate himself. When I was 17 years old, Julian's age, and was uh, having my first experience of monastic life, I was a typical 17 year old, very full of myself, very idealistic, having all of these notions of monastic life, thinking that I'd understood it all already. And uh, uh, one day the novice master, who is Vietnamese, called me in, into his little office under the stairs. And he spoke with a typical, charming Vietnamese accent. He was actually rather difficult to understand. But on this one day, I understood what he was saying. Um, he called me in and he said to me, Brother Mark, humble, you'll be happiest man in town. (laughs) And I've never forgotten that. you be humble, you'll be happiest man in town. I understood the wisdom of that many years later. The humble man will be happy. The proud man who all into sadness and then if this goes unchecked it leads sometimes dangerous path because concern is not for an efficient organization. It is rather for the weak and then for those who risk falling into sadness. This this, um, giving priority to material organization efficiency In, in, in beautiful uh, old German calligraphy, in black letters on the wall, big letters: "Arbeit macht Leben süß <laughs> Work makes life sweet. <laughs> and that was <laughs> that was kind of the uh, the guiding the guiding principle. Um, and the, the monastery that monastery was characterized by this incredible emphasis on uh, manual the detriment, really, of um, the divine office and certainly of divina and personal prayer. Um, it was just this, this, this preoccupation thing and then the other, and satisfying one's own inclinations and fancies. One doesn't have <coughs> demonstrate for that. Um, a monk is bound uh, to the, the universal law of work uh, that is uh, common to all men. And a monk is no less bound to work than the father who has a family to so that the father who has to go to work every day, independently of how he feels really, that, uh, is the model for the monk who has to go to work. Uh, he has to go to the work of God, people who stay, go to choir, even on days when he doesn't feel like going to choir. Because this is his work. The family, family of souls entrusted to him by God, depends on the monk doing his job. And so, too, the manual and intellectual labor of the monastery is uh, the father going out to work each day uh, to assure the uh, sustenance and uh, to provide for his family. We see this in the life of Frank Letters that we're reading at lunch. In the face of so many obstacles and prejudices and uh, disappointments, uh, he persevered in uh, doing his work as a professor and going to the job, even though I'm sure it wasn't always pleasant. Um, I think of my own father, who uh, at one point in our life I think was working four or five jobs at the same time. Um, he'd run from one job to another. Uh, to make ends meet for his family. Um, and um, I think many other examples of fathers of families who spent themselves in labor, out of love. The monk has to take his work seriously, he can't be a dilettante. You know what a dilettante Just a lad who does what strikes his fancy taking things up, putting them down, starting one thing, not finishing, going to another. I feel like doing this, this appeals to me. No, Um, The the, the monk receives his work um, from the abbot or from the uh, the brother whom the abbot has uh, entrusted with the distribution of work and he he has to take that work very seriously. There must be good order in the No one would contest St. Benedict himself has a remarkable gift for organization. This would be the Pacomian side of the rule of St. Benedict. The rule of St. Pacomius is striking because St. Pacomius organized monastic. Already critical of the way he saw uh, institutionalized monastic life on a big scale. And they have to hire lay employees to come in and run the brewery. There are a few monks to work there. Uh, But it's an enormous enterprise. Now, they did this um, so that they would have a future. So that their future would be uh, economically uh, secure. That I understand. But we have always to be very careful. Uh, we, We have to work to live, but we don't live to work. That's the balance. We have to work to live. And we have to find uh, means of uh, work that brings in income. We have to do that. Um, At some point we're going to have to uh, seriously reflect on the kind of work we will undertake. But I want it to be work uh, adapted to the size and real possibilities of the community. Many monasteries have great big industrial type uh, operations, and as the monks decline in health, or if the number goes down, they're obliged more and more to bring in lay health. And then you have to pay insurance and benefits, and it becomes big business. So you have to be Think creatively, think responsibly, find work that's well-suited to our way of life, work that doesn't take away from the Divine Office, Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, Lexio the uh, quality of our life together, but we have to work, we have to work to live. The Abbot is not the boss of a business enterprise. He is a father who must, as St. Benedict says elsewhere, so temper all things that the strong may have something to strive after, and the weak nothing at which to take along. With regard to the service of tables, it is a privilege to serve one's fathers and brothers at table. The service of the kitchen and refectory allow a monk to hear, in a very real way, the words of our Lord, I was hungry, and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me to drink. In treating of the weekly servers in the kitchen, St. Benedict makes a point of insisting on cleanliness and good order. And this is something on which I will insist more and more, and again and again, Keeping things tidy is an expression of charity for one's brothers and at the same time of reverence for the house of God and for all.